0: Can the master distiller of Four Roses, Britt Elliott, identify his own products in a blind sampling? Well, if you want to find out, stick around. Alright, folks, here we are in the sensory lab at Four Roses Distillery with the man himself, Britt Elliott, and we are going to do a blind tasting of all Four Roses products. We got some weird stuff here. So before we get started, let the people know who you are. So how many years have you been with the distillery? Uh, 16, almost 17 now. Started in 05. Wow. And you've been the master distiller since 15? 15, yeah. 2015? Very nice. And what is your favorite part of the job? Because I I asked you this last time, and I'm, I'm curious, is that still resonating in your mind? Uh... You know, I can't remember what I answered last time, but I was, depending
1: on my mood that day, it was either working with the liquid itself Uh or talking to people
0: about it. Yeah. Meeting people and... Because you had said like one of the creative things that you get to do is creating the limited edition every year, Uh right? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the only product that you put out that could have all 10 recipes in it, Right.
1: Yes, well, the Four O's bourbon does typically have all 10. Oh, does it? But okay. that's the only one that is blended not to a standard. You know, that's the chance to be creative at Right, one, right. Because it could be anything. Actually, it's supposed to be different from years past. Right, right. So the others, that my job is to make sure that they're consistent. So the flavor profile has been established. Right. Um, but, but the same, limited edition, you're just trying to make yeah, it, it taste as good as you
0: can. Exactly. Right. To make it great and make it different. So I, I, I've noticed that when people get to this level master distiller of a major international brand the ones that flame out tend to get bored because they want more like expression they want to be able to do more so having this project every year that you get to you know kind of pour your heart into and do the very best that you can i think that that probably helps keep it fresh right oh yeah very much so so given that uh you get to you get to do that every year um do you think that if I gave you three Four Roses products from vastly different time periods, that you'd be able to figure out which was which blind? I should hope so. I would hope so too. <laughs> at all (laughs) trying to be nice here trying to be nice so what we have here in front of us uh this could be one of three bottles okay Mm -hmm. so we've got a current release of four roses bourbon which is 80 proof okay the second option in one of these glasses will be what i am told by ernie escatrias who's supposed to be the four roses expert so if somebody out there knows that this is not true information don't get mad at me because he's the one that told me that this is the first ever commercially produced Four Roses single barrel that was Japan only, okay? And it's from 1994. So you could be tasting this uh, Japan only Four Roses, uh, but you might be tasting this third bottle. This bottle is from 1938, uh, specifically around October or November. So this is one of my most exciting podcasts I've ever done. A viewer reached out to me, said, Hey, I found these four bottles underneath the floorboards of a house that's being demolished in Los Angeles. They're going to build a new building. And um, he was actually a collector of, um, of antique lighters. And he said, I don't normally mess with bottles, but I've watched your podcast. And do you think that, you know, you could find somebody who wants any of these? And I said, well, yeah, me. Uh, so... <laughs> We uh, we ended up going through a process to try and figure out what they were worth because I had no idea what they were worth, and I reached out to Brad Bonds at Revival Spirits up in uh, Covington, Kentucky, and he says oh, I normally sell these for around twelve hundred and fifty bucks. So when I buy them, I pay about half that. So I offered the guy six hundred and twenty-five bucks for all or for the four bottles. Gave him twenty-five hundred bucks. Got all four bottles. One of them did not have a box, and. Um, so we opened that one for the podcast. So you might be drinking this one. But if you're curious about this this bottle and you're watching at home, you should click the link below. Because this podcast was super interesting, the way that this bottle was dated. And after I came in possession of it, I the guy reached back out to me and he said, Hey, I had reached out to Four Roses too, and I just hadn't heard anything. And they said that they want the bottles. And I said... Tell them I will give them one for the display case. And so before I leave today, we are going to donate this box and bottle for the display case in the new beautiful Visitor Center. So you definitely want to come check that out. You'll be able to see this bottle here. They also have several other renditions of this bottle and box. And um, part of why I'm in love with this is because you guys had a medicinal permit during Prohibition.
1: That's right. We were... One of six
0: stories that
1: were allowed to sell for medicinal purposes only.
0: Yeah, and so this box was part of what led the U.S. out of the great failure of prohibition because people were afraid that alcohol could be tampered with between the producer by the time it made it to the consumer. And Four Roses was extremely innovative in creating packaging that would prevent any tampering. And this patent for this tamper-proof box that says sealed for safety was issued October 15th, 1929. What is that, four years before Prohibition ended? Mm -hmm. So this box was being used for medicinal whiskey back during Prohibition, and they continued its use all the way through 1938, at least whenever this bottle was released. So you could be tasting any of those three. So do you wanna taste the other two before you venture a guess? I I think we probably should. Let's smell the second one up. Feel prepared yep. to call it? I am sure. Okay. That's what here. All right, let's do it.
1: <laughs> oh, well, hello there, you fellow bourbon lovers, you. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Anyways, I want to invite you over to the bourbonrealtalk.com store today. After the show, go check it out. We've got new merch that's just hit the shop. We've got travel cases for your uh, wee glens and your big glens. We've got toppers for your glens as well. We've got the rocks glasses that we offer now and all the other cool merch that you're used to seeing there. So go check it out after the show and support the channel by checking out our store and picking up a couple things and getting them on your doorstep a few days later we can't wait for you to check out all the new merch that we've got to offer now at bourbonrealtalk.com what do you got well that first one tastes like about a 1938 whiskey (laughs) (laughs) you're correct sir yeah, and you can tell. I'm just looking at that bottle. I think that's it was much evaporated when you got it, right?
0: It the actually the fill level wasn't too bad. I mean, it was below the shoulder, but it uh-huh. wasn't too bad. But a lot of people who saw the video who came over to my house were like, "Hey, can I try it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care."
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw the video too, and I think it was a little fuller than that. Yeah, video. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I opened it on there, um, but I so I might be getting confused too because there there were several several of them. Uh, but yes, you are correct. That is the 1938. And since we are here in the Century Lab, we were able to test the proof and it was originally bottled at 90 proof and it has made its way all the way down to, what was it, 62? 64. 64 proof. And that is very interesting because what that tells us is that a lot of the change in the flavor of your whiskey may actually be from evaporative loss of ethanol. Is that fair to say? it
1: throws everything out of balance sure you start losing it, ethanol a little bit of water you know what's left in there is concentrated um so you get that a concentration of all those non-volatile compounds and then i think the volatile compounds that do give it that uh vibrant characteristic or the complexity a lot of those are long gone you know right. after nearly 100 years in the bottle
0: right you know those have escaped you know slowly but with that much time and right that- it's plenty of time for it to happen yeah and so that's why i try to encourage people it's okay for you to open your nice bottles. Um, you want to protect them as much as you can, but they're not going to change as quickly as you might think that they would. Um, and even if the bottle's closed, it's it's still going to change in 80 years. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's, there's a big difference between, you know, 64 proof and, and 90 proof uh-huh. uh, for, for everybody. So now how about this, this guy, this first ever four-roses single barrel, you called it. Um, what I get on these bottles, once they're more than 20 or 30 years old, even if they were stored properly, and I will tell y'all at home, we tested the proof on this one and it was, it was dead on. Yeah. It hadn't evaporated. It had, we had almost no ethanol loss. Um, it was within half of, or a quarter of a percent, I think. Um, but I always get a little bit of a, like a, a leathery kind of note. Any yeah, idea where that. that comes from? I don't know.
1: I've wondered that too. I get that and also get like um, sort of a sweet caramel. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I get caramel new whiskey too. Right. But it's, but a, it's different a different kind of, yeah, it's more cloying and just a little bit oxidized. Yeah. I get that. You know and, what it tastes
0: like to me is port. You know how okay, they yeah. oxidize ports and it gets that weird, and it's almost a smoky sweet or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, it's a unique signature it, flavor that I get with a lot of dusties. I would call it oxidized sweetness like it there's something about it that gives it a different kind of sweet and it's universal across brands it's uh you know you can have you know a a bottle from the 70s from this producer and that producer which would have tasted completely different Uh but you you get them in today and they both have this sweet leathery smoky kind of thing going on and
1: yeah i've wondered about that i don't know where that comes from i don't know what that reaction is but it's obviously something. It, you see it across the board. And I've often wondered, you know, is that a function of it being the bottles? Is it something from the aging or is it something about how it was produced right. then? And you know, it's
0: hard to really answer that. You, you can't really set up an yeah. experiment for that. So if we ran it through a gas spectrometer or something, would we see information that would help us to understand yeah, it? Yeah, you could pr-
1: – whether you could derive anything from that data or not, you can – Yeah, we could analyze that and figure out exactly what was in it Mm -hmm. and maybe even pinpoint what those flavors or what those compounds are creating those flavors are. Um, But to really figure out if they evolved over time, it it could probably be done, but it'd be a pretty big study. Right, right. Interesting.
0: Right. You'd have to have a lot of scientific equipment. Yeah. (laughs) May may have to rent a lab. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to get together and taste all of these up. That's Um, fascinating. We're going to head on over to the Visitor Center and get this uh, donated, uh, which I'm very excited about. And I will go ahead and tell everybody at home, if this is the first time that you've watched the channel, I'd love to explain to you what the show philosophy is. Um, At Bourbon Real Talk, we're about bringing people together around whiskey. Whiskey has an amazing connective power to bring people together of all walks of life. And that's something that's very important to me because in 2014, I lost my younger brother to suicide. And I wanted to find a way to help people get connected so that they didn't feel alone the way that my brother did when he made that decision. And... At the same time, I was getting more involved in the whiskey enthusiast world and I started to see people of, you know, different backgrounds get together and connect around the spirit. And it made me realize that if I can get you connected to whiskey, whiskey will do the rest of the job and get you connected to other people so that you don't feel alone the way that my brother did. Um, There is an underbelly though to the whiskey enthusiast world. There's a lot of trolls out there that say hateful things online Um, which caused us to end up creating a new whiskey community called Bourbon Real Talk Community. And we don't allow any troll-like behavior in there. Um, But it also, in addition to making me realize I needed to create a space for people that were wanting real civil discourse, it made me realize that if that troll can say hateful things to you online, there's nothing that keeps me from loving you. And that's why I end every podcast the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loves you, just know that I love you, and I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. A whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face-to-face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey
1: guys, I'm new here. I just got my first blatant.
0: And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the Blantons, but nice <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, idiot. <inaudible> oh, I know how you got that bottle. So are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group.
1: Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It
0: was the birthday to my son and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.